Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. My name is Moses Oladimeji. I'm your host on this platform. This is a platform dedicated to dispelling false beliefs and establishing the truth from the Word of God. Join us as we explore and discuss the teachings of the Bible and how they apply to our daily lives. We shall continue with our series today, The All-Round Promises of God to Me. The All-Round Promises of God to Me. In today's episode, we'll explore the topic, Satisfied in Drought, How God Provides for Our Needs and Desires in Every Season. Satisfied in Drought, How God Provides for Our Needs and Desires in Every Season. Our anchor scripture remains Isaiah chapter 58 and in verse 11, and it reads, And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. As we delve into this topic, we'll place emphasis on the promise of satisfaction God has made to his children, especially during difficult times. The word drought here represents challenging situations that we may face in our lives. It could be financial struggles, emotional turmoil, or even physical illness. However, in all of these situations, God promises to guide us and provide us with what we need, including satisfaction for our souls. This promise is not just for those in their need. But for every believer in every season of their lives, God's promise is to provide for our needs and desires and to satisfy us in every situation. As the psalmist David said in Psalm chapter 107, verse 9, it says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let's take a moment to reflect on this promise and trust that God will provide for us even in the midst of drought. As we hold on to this promise, we can be assured that we will be like a well-watered garden, never lacking and always thriving. In the previous episode, we established that the promises of God are for His children who have submitted themselves under the Lordship of Christ. We also emphasized that God desires to guide us in every aspect of our lives as a testament to our sonship. Additionally, we highlighted the five paths that God wants to lead us on, which includes the path of life, truth, righteousness, peace, and prosperity. Moreover, we discussed the importance of enjoying unbroken and consistent guidance from God. This is because when we are guided by God, we can navigate through life with ease and confidence, knowing that we are walking in His perfect will for us. As Scripture says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, I will guide thee with my eye. Therefore, we must continually seek God's guidance in our lives and allow Him to lead us on the path of His choosing. 
As we do so, we can trust that it will satisfy our souls even in times of drought. Just as scripture says in Isaiah 58 in verse 11. God's promise to satisfy her souls and drought is a powerful assurance of his provision for his children. The word satisfy here is not just about meeting our basic needs, but rather it speaks to the abundance that God has in store for us. It means that we will not lack anything and will be fully content with what we have. God's provision is not limited by the condition of the land or the state of the economy. The scripture in Job 22 verse 29 assures us that when others are cast down, we can have hope and expect to be lifted up by God. This means that no matter what is happening around us, we can trust that God will come true for us. An excellent example of this is seen in how God fed the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. They did not have a plant or sow, yet God provided for all their needs. This is the same God we serve today, and He has not changed. Therefore, we should be confident that He will provide for us in every season of our lives. We must have faith and trust in God's ability to meet our needs. We should not allow the economic situation or any other factor to shake our faith in God's promise of provision. As the scripture says, we should be like a watered garden, never running dry, always striving and producing fruit. So let us hold on to God's promise of satisfaction and be expectant of his provision. The next thing we will consider is a path God promised to satisfy. I mean, that component of you as a human. Let's not forget that a human being consists of the spirit, soul, and body. Now, God has promised to satisfy the soul, which is a major part of the human component. The soul is a seed of intelligence, pleasure, feelings, love, and affection. It is the core of our being and shapes our thought, emotions, and desires. Therefore, when God promises to satisfy our soul, He is promising to meet our deepest desires and longings, not just our physical needs. A deeper look into that promise reveals that God's provision is not limited to your physical needs alone. The promise in Isaiah 58 11 says, And the Lord will satisfy thy soul in drought. God is telling us that when there is a drought of ideas, when we are stuck and can't find a way out, God says it will satisfy us. It will give us inspiration and creative ideas to solve our problems. Let's take a look at how God masterminds the supply we need even in difficult times. Let's begin with the divine initiative of God's abundant supply. The divine initiative of God's abundant supply. It is important to know that nothing takes God by surprise because He sees ahead of us and has already prepared to constantly meet the needs of His people. As seen in the history of the Bible and in contemporary times, God always sends His people ahead of any circumstance that may arise. For example, God sent Moses ahead and positioned him in a place of influence 
to lead the children of Israel. He also positioned Esther and Nehemiah in the palace to salvage the situation in their times. Joseph is a perfect example of this initiative. He was sent ahead 23 years before the famine, and it typifies Christ. In Genesis 45, in verse 4 to 8, Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor hungry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God is sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years are the famine being in the land, and yet there are five years in the wish there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me either, but God. And he had made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. From these verses, we can see the divine initiative of God's abundant supply. Whenever we are in a season of drought in our lives, we should remember that God has positioned people to meet our needs at that time. We should pray to God to open our eyes to see what to do next. As we discussed in the first episode, in the series on God's guidance. In our previous episode, we delve into God's guidance, how to follow His will and trust His plan for our lives. We learned that God guides us on the path of abundance and prosperity. While there may be times when God rains down manna, He often expects us to follow the principles in His world. There are Three key principles God uses during the period of drought. First is the principle of absolute trust in God's supernatural provision. The principle of absolute trust in God's supernatural provision, which is also known as miracles. Number two is the principle of sowing and reaping, particularly giving. And number three is the principle of the hands which involves saving for the future. A good example for the first principle is the case of Elijah the Tishbite, who was fed by God through the raven bed. That is absolute trust in God's supernatural provision. The principle of sowing and reaping was exemplified when the woman of Zarephath gave the last portion of their meal to prophet Elijah. The prophet prophesied that the barrel of meal shall not waste and the cruise of oil would not fail. The last principle, which is the principle of the hand, was exemplified when Joseph counseled Pharaoh of Egypt to save for the years of famine ahead. As we continue in this episode, we talk about how to position ourselves for constant abundant supply. God doesn't just want us to have an irregular supply but to constantly abound, not just for ourselves, but also for others. As stated in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And God is able to make all grace 
abound toward you that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So how do we position ourselves for constant and abundant supply? The first step is to be near unto me. Be near unto me. This command is found in Genesis chapter 45 and in verse 10 to 11, which says, And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast, and there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. These instructions are commands that we must follow if we want to experience the promised blessings. Let's take a look at the first part of the verse we just read. It says, Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. The land of Goshen was a specific place that Joseph carved out for the children of Israel to live in during their stay in Egypt. The name Goshen means a land or a place of plenty and comfort. And it was a fertile land that met their physical need. As Christians, we too have a place that God wants us to be. Even though we are in the Egypt of the world, God expects us to be at a certain place to meet our need. A place where our spiritual and physical needs are met. We are not supposed to be everywhere, but rather we're supposed to be under his shadows and wings, just like the land of Goshen was a place of consecration, divine protection, and rest for the Israelites. The kingdom of God is a modern-day Goshen. It is a place where we can find rest for our souls and experience divine protection. To support this, Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, in verse 9 to 10, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, but to kill, and to destroy. But I, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Therefore, if we want to experience the promised blessings of God, we must ensure that we are in Goshen today, which is the kingdom of God. We must be born again, as Jesus said in John 3.3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So let us try to dwell in the land of Goshen and enjoy the abundance and comfort that it offers. Remember, being near to God is not just a one-time event, but a continual pursuit. As we draw near to Him, we position ourselves for constant and abundant supply in all areas of our lives. You can't fully consecrate yourself without first consecrating your possession. If your heart is in your possession, then your heart is not fully with God. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart would be. God wants us to give everything we have so we can get his greater blessings. In other words, our possessions can either hinder or help our relationship with God. If we give everything we have to God, then we can receive greater blessings from him. This concept is not just limited to material possession, but also includes our talents and abilities. We must use all that we have to serve God 
and others, and in doing so, we position ourselves for constant and abundant supply. In Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. When we prioritize our relationship with God and seek to be near him, we position ourselves to, for his abundant blessings. Let us therefore consecrate ourselves and all that we have to God and be near unto him, so that we may constantly abound in his abundant supply. Now let's consider the second part, which is speak to the rock. The first is, be near unto me, and you must dwell in the land of Goshen. The second is, speak to the rock. Drawing near to God is good, but that's not the ultimate thing in the time of draw. You must speak to him. You must speak to the rock. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. In Numbers chapter 20 verse 8, God gave directives to Moses and Herod to quench the thirst of his people. He said, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth its water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregations and their beasts drink. We have to make our petition. Jesus said in John chapter 16, in verse 24, Either to have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. We must speak to the rock, Jesus Christ, in prayer and believe that he will answer us. I pray that the Lord our God will abundantly bless his words in our heart in Jesus' name. Listening to the Messenger Podcast with your host, Moses Olanimeji. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new from the Word of God. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to contact us and don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you in His abundant supply. Amen.